0: Hey, drama makes better news. All right, we we're, we love to rubberneck. I give you one word.
1: Ornithorhynchus. That escalated quickly. You know what I'm saying?
0: You are the best kept secret in the universe.
1: Lots of luck on this trip to the moon. This is the Brian Suits Show.
2: Good morning, Victoria Taft. With you, you are in the room as Brian, as you know, is off to take his chances with jury duty. So there you are. You go, Brian. Go, Brian. And I'll be here as long as I need to be to fill in. And there you are. Okay. So we've been uh, taking your messages, your dream team on the text line four, six, five, 800, 465 8770 I'm so now accustomed to not having to put 800 in anywhere. I mean, you know, it's just like toll free. I remember, I've been on radio so long, we used to have toll-free numbers. Okay, so 800-465-8770. And uh, we're asking you your dream team. We're also asking you questions about the uh, DeSantis uh, leave-taking of the primary race. Uh, Is Nikki Haley your choice? All of those things, something having to do with Trump and Haley being left in the race. And it is, in a way... A precursor, a sort of a preview, if you will, to a general election, and the reason is this, and it's good for Trump to have this kind of push pull, right? He's up by forty points on most everybody, right, in the Republican primary, and everyone else is just battling for number two. But in New Hampshire, there's a real interesting thing going on. There's a lot of crossover voters. There are people who will re-rack their their, uh, you know, their voter registration, and they'll say, okay, well, you know, I'm usually a communist. However, in this case, I will be a Republican for the purposes of this deal. Because why Why waste your vote voting for Joe Biden when Joe's going to win, you know? And a lot of people think in the Republican primary, well, well, I bother because Trump's going to win? But maybe not. It's possible he may not, because they may get so many crossover vote, votes that they will be able to all vote for Haley. Now, she, of course, is carrying favor with the Democrats because she wants them to cross over and vote for her understood, makes sense. She wants to get some sort of a win or at least something that she can call a win. It's like how Bill Clinton did it in the uh, 1992 race where he says, oh, you know, I'm the comeback kid. And I think he came in third in New Hampshire or something like, I'm the comeback kid. And people believed it. And he had, you know, James Carville and and, uh, George Stephanopoulos working in his comms unit and they sold it and people bought it. Okay, and so that's that's what happened there. He's the comeback kid. The next thing you know, he's president of the United States, beating George Herbert Walker Bush. Okay, ate his lunch during the debates. Okay, so that's ancient history now. But people are able to parlay that even sort of close to a win. I'm only 50 points away from Trump, so maybe that's something big into something bigger. And of course, as Trump noted over the weekend, Nikki Haley is courting Democrats. And he was uh, holding a rally in New Hampshire over the weekend where he said, he said, do I have to prompt uh, Trump?
0: Or did that Nikki Haley, state director in New Hampshire? This is a very bad one. Listen (laughs) carefully. Tyler Clark. Did anyone ever hear of him? (laughs) He was a lobbyist for the 1630 Fund, which is managed by Arabella Advisors, which is the largest Democrat dark money network in the country and considered public enemy number one.
2: Okay, public enemy number one by the Republicans, right? Arabella's just bucks up. They are hoovering up all the political dough for the left. And they disseminate it the way they wish. And so, therefore, he calls it dark money. Okay, sure, it's a super PAC kind of a deal. And But what's the most newsworthy thing about it is that Nikki Haley has that in her back pocket. Those people are out fronting for her. It's sort of like the... It's like the Lincoln Project, and they go, well, we'd rather have someone else. Let's go back, you know, back a Democrat. And they've just stayed there ever since. And so such is the case now where we have Nikki Haley um, being backed by Arabella. Arabella is a name you, pro- you may not have heard of it, but it's come into prominence more because I believe they've sort of changed the the way in which they're, they're branding the uh, Democrat uh, hoovering up of cash. How's that? And then they, they put it in specific spots. Like for example,
0: Nikki Haley, that's who's managing her campaign. Does that tell you something? Perhaps the 1630 fund and the larger Arabella fund, you know who that is? It's a network and they're giving her a lot of money because they want her to win.
2: They want her to win. And the New York times on December 5th, agreed that there are the Democrats en masse behind Nikki Haley. She's their spokesperson here. So, of course, Republicans can do with that information what they will. But you just need to know that the founder of LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, has given Nikki Haley overtly 250 G's and I'm sure more money through the Arabella Fund to fund her campaign to get Trump. Now, I, I know pretend to know all of the machinations behind why people want to get Trump. It's certainly not because he's not a, a good citizen. It's not because he uh, is a guy who is a person of ill repute. although some people say that, okay fine, but obviously that's not an impediment for the Democrats, clearly that's not because else why would they they run Joe Biden? I mean, the guy's a gangster. So what? what what? So uh, over the weekend, Ron DeSantis, decided to leave the campaign. And as a result, it is what is tantamount to a preview of the general election with Nikki Haley taking the part of the Democrats and Donald Trump taking the part of the Republicans, the Trump party. And over over the weekend, not that anybody really wanted to say it, because we mentioned in the six o'clock hour of the Brian Suits show that the Washington Post on their YouTube channel had only a small part of Ron DeSantis's speech, four-minute and 35-second speech. So it wasn't long, right? It was not long. Explaining why he's leaving the race and saying there's really no path to the White House from here. There's no path to victory. Getting out. And then he um, he had much more to say about it. But Suffice it to say, the Washington Post only put the part where he's talking about leaving the race. They forgot about putting this part in, which I felt was quite interesting that they chose not to include, oh, I don't know, this end. Clear to me
3: that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic And his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent Joe Biden. That is clear.
2: Oh. I wonder why the why did the Washington Post not put that in their video of Ron DeSantis? They, yeah, huh, that's weird. So he endorses uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, here's the other part they left out. And this is one of the best parts of it.
3: And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country, if we allow our nation to be invaded, mm-hmm. our currency to be debased, Uh-oh. our cities to crumble, Whoop. and our kids to be indoctrinated. Uh-huh. The D.C. elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and Whoa. they do not work for you. A-O. They work for themselves. What? They seek to accumulate power at your expense uh-huh. to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people.
2: Oh, yeah, they didn't put that in there either. They just put the part where he, he says, thanks, you know, that, uh, you've been great, and I'm, I'm out. We out, we out. Da, 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 da. So here we have Nikki Haley on the on the campaign trail as she finds out that Ron DeSantis has pulled out of the Republican primary race. And this is what it sounded like. So there were 14 people in this race. There were a lot of fellas. All the fellas are out, uh-huh. except for this one. And this comes down to Excuse me. Uh, could anyone please ask what that baby needs? Could, could somebody find out what's going on with the kid? And this comes down to what do you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think this is the second misstep of Nikki Haley's candidacy over the weekend. One was, of course, we you know all the information's being outed, all the funding from Arabella. Then Nikki Haley decides that she's going to make a big deal and call Trump. Uh, he's cognitive. He's in cognitive decline because that's the fashion of allegations put against or charged to uh, older men and one for one person they're real he's the guy who already looks as if he's been embalmed he sits in the white house am i right doesn't he look like he's already been embalmed i think so don't you think greg
4: embalmed yeah i wouldn't go that far but he looks aged
2: joe biden looks like he's already been embalmed and then there's donald trump who's very energetic and trump mistook do we have that cut by any chance? Which I'm just one? No, the one where he he calls her Nancy he he, re, he refers to who he means to say Nancy Pelosi but calls her her Nikki
0: Haley. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6. You know Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. You know they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything. Deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley. Is in charge of security. We offered her ten thousand people, soldiers, national guards, whatever they want. They turned it down.
2: They turned it down, and then he mistook Nancy Pelosi for Nikki Haley, or vice versa, Nikki Haley for Nancy Pelosi. And, it thinks, and I think, and I, keep thinking to myself, and one of our text messengers, messengers said it as well. I, I don't think it's a necessary necessarily a, a bad thing that he mistook in a sentence where he had Nikki Haley on the mind and replaced her name or Nancy Pelosi's name with her name because it's a real bad look for Nikki Haley. I mean it is. I'm not I'm not sure you you uh, you think this means what you think it means. But it was kind of funny. And of course naturally the let's listen to a little bit of Nikki Haley's uh, speech yesterday one more time. Um, make sure we can hear the baby. <laughs> We're going to get our kids rating again and go back to the basics in education. We're going to secure our former bunch and football. Was that after the baby had been taken Somebody out? Somebody must have shut that kid up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that yesterday. And there's a lot more. That was after the kid was somewhat under control. But before that, her speech, her, P, her PA system was much worse. She was not amplified properly. And there was a cry, that kid was crying. His or her eyes out.
4: We need just, to elevate the sound systems on the campaign trail. We yeah. can't figure this out. Why don't in this they bring their age. own?
2: Can't they just bring their own?
4: Just bring those little Bluetooth boom boxes that right? everybody owns in their houses now and you're good to go.
2: My my uh niece and nephew who've got married, they're not to each I mean they're they're married, but they're in my in-law. Anyway, it wasn't like they're that that didn't come out right. Anyway, so we have family members who bought the karaoke Bluetooth things.
4: Oh, yeah, of course.
2: And they used those for their wedding, and they were perfectly awesome. adequate. Oh, of course, yeah, they were just fine.
4: Well, maybe Judge Judy needed one of these when she endorsed Nikki Haley. Oh, yes. Wait, the other wait, day. wait. Listen,
2: Judge Judy, out there on the trail for Nikki Haley. She is. And this is the way it went.
4: America's Judge.
2: Yes. We've already seen what these two presidencies look like. It's time for Nikki Haley. This is her moment.
0: She is a star.
2: She's a star. If I know few things, I don't know math, I don't know calculus, I couldn't be a doctor because I cheated on my chemistry final. <laughs> but I tell you this, I do know people. And this woman is the real deal. <laughs> I don't know what she's the real deal of, but she's the real deal. And Judge Judy, man, that is the hardest working woman in television, and she is probably the richest woman in television. I mean, well, it's like the Trump race, right? There's Trump, and then there's everyone else. And in television and money made, there's Oprah, and then there's everyone else. And so, but Judge Judy will never, she doesn't have to work, obviously. And she loves her job, and she's good at it. And a lot of people, millions of people watch her show.
4: Well, and even she is not shying away from the age issue. Although her number of years that she has under her belt is akin to our current president Uh and the former president.
2: Joe Biden is now older. I'm not getting going to get into with you what everybody talks about with regard to his cognitive ability. But I know he's my age. Mm -hmm. I run a big and I said in my I run a big business. I'm the matriarch of a family of 20 plus. I make decisions that affect hundreds of people every day. I need a nap in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. so does joe biden he oh joe biden when does he show up to work is it like it's like 10 his first his first appointments after 10 and he always calls a lid on his day at something really early uh so therefore and the reason he does that a variety of things that he's doing that for one of which is that he has the public events that are not uh, presidential events so he does things for fundraising and all that stuff probably calls hunter finds out how he's doing uh, calls up the doj on you know on the Q and you know all this stuff so he does things that we're not supposed to know about furthermore he he will do it so we don't have any access to those those records necessarily he'll do them from somewhere else or, or that kind of thing. And uh, so that's one of the reasons why he calls a lid really early that day and he doesn't want to waste the reporter's time. Hey, you're not going to get any info out of me. And you know, I have to ask, and this is just between you and me, and it's just been something that I've wondered about and wondered about, what does what does the White House press corps actually do? Do they ever do they ever um, start, uh, do they generate? information, stories? Do they do anything that are enterprising whatsoever? Or are did they just... Their job is primarily to sit in the press room and like little birds in a nest expect someone to regurgitate the worms for them. What do you think, Greg?
4: Um... <whistles> maybe, maybe that. Maybe the latter.
2: I mean, I know that... Something, I know they travel with him, but then they don't all travel with him. Most of the time, there's just a small gaggle of reporters that do serve as the pool. There's only a few people that serve as the pool when he goes on overseas trips. And as
4: much as I found
2: Secret Squirrel Things,
4: a Helen Thomas rather mm-hmm. loathsome during the George W. Bush years, yeah. I do find it a useful exercise to have someone who's going to question. You know very strongly the administration's talking points. I think Peter Doocy serves that role well in the White House press corps I mean, for but the but most part.
2: But yeah, I know. You know, I I would say that that's true. But it's I would like some answers. <laughs> right. You don't get answers. They don't get any answers. There's speculation. There's all kinds of things, but there aren't any answers. And
4: no dodging and obfuscation is par for the course. And
2: and Corinne Jean- Jean-Pierre, that's all she does. And she's not even good at it. I mean, we appreciate the fact that, you know, when somebody's lying, at least they're good at it and they're kind of smooth and they make sure that they get all the talking points in there. And you might get a little nibble of a piece of a truth of a vestige of a possibility of a uh, fact. But but no, but not with Cor- Corinne Jean-Pierre, because Corinne Jean-Pierre is so untalented well
4: she's constantly reading from a script too when she goes off script look out
2: (laughs) well i mean that's where you want her to be off script you want to find out what's going on and uh she can't even do that well as you've rightly pointed out but i just kind of wonder what what are you guys doing are you enterprising any stories whatsoever what are you doing with your time? You sit there, you get at O oh, dark 30, even though Joe Biden's not doing anything, and all you're doing is doing hits on the early morning news, and you're doing it from the beach, and you stay there and for, I don't know, 12 hours, 10 hours, and hope that you get a little nugget of information, and write speculative stories, and maybe talk behind scenes, and, you know, she'll always say, Corinne Jean-Pierre will say, well, come see me later about that. So I'll circle back with you. Well, that's what Jan Saki would say. But- You know, a lot of times they get whatever news they're going to get on the QT, on the side, on the DL. And it's like, what do we have press conferences for? These are dog and pony shows. There's absolutely no news being broken here. Reactions by Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is talentless, do not connote a news event. Sorry, doesn't work for me. Anyway, we have your... Your uh, text messages at 800 465 8770. Greg's going to read those when we come back. And much, much more. Do not go away. Saturday Night Live made fun. I know they're not funny, but this, ooh, hold on. Victoria Taft, in for Brian's suits. He's on jury duty. And you're listening to AM 770 KTTH. It's not rational, it's not reasonable, and it's not practical.
3: <laughs> Good
2: morning, Victoria Taft, with you. I am your adult in the room. Oh, Brian suits. He's off, and he's gone, and he's going to determine whether or not he stays on a jury today. We'll find out, um, and you'll know definitively what happened to him if you hear my voice tomorrow morning or his voice tomorrow morning. We'll see. But he is collecting, hoovering up information. Uh, meantime, it is time to go over the text line. Da, 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 da. Text from the
4: 310 LOL Trump's misappropriation of Nikki Haley for Nancy, and everyone's talking about it actually brings more attention to January 6th and Nancy Pelosi in the long run. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Victoria? I think
2: that's absolutely spot on. I don't think she means she thinks it means what she thinks it means, and uh, so I think that Nikki Haley probably shouldn't beat on that drum too much. But she can if she wants, because it makes her look like an idiot.
4: From the 253, (laughs) Corinne Jean Pierre is especially entertaining when she gets that rapid eyelid flutter. I haven't seen that. I don't know what this is. Oh, gall! Are you
2: kidding? Oh, no. Eyelid flutter? Oh, yeah. In fact, first of all, I love watching Corinne Jean Pierre because, first of all, I believe she's beautiful. And my
4: wife actually thought she was a model the first time she saw her on TV. And I go, oh, no, that's the White House spokesperson. She's, she's like, no, that's not right. No, she's
2: not tall enough to be a you know a model, I think, but she's gorgeous. And I love the way she does her makeup. And I always look at her. I know this sounds really silly, but I like to watch her because I okay, you know, how did she achieve that look? I Because I have the worst time with my makeup. If, if anybody who's watched my podcast knows I have the worst time with makeup. So but anyway, I, I watch her for for, you know, tips. She not down, not on how to speak. Oh, no. But uh, and not on how to lie. Uh, Just just on her makeup
4: for the look from the 206 uh, Victoria. I think the Democrats want to run against Trump. They think they can beat him. Unfortunately, I agree. I guess we're in for another four years of Biden, maybe, and Democrat control of the House and Senate. Trump was right in 2016. We got tired of winning, but it only took one election. I find it, you know, some trepidation in getting into the prediction game. If Mm -hmm. anything, politics has taught us the past eight years is that, Mm -hmm. um, what is it, traditional wisdom doesn't hold a candle to what the voters actually Mm -hmm. do on Election Day. It's very unpredictable, don't you think?
2: Absolutely. Uh, There were so many people who didn't see the Russian collusion thing coming up before the 2016 election. And you have the media more than willing to amplify these these messages that only go in one political direction and so never underestimate the ability of the media to be able to do that and move votes this way plus google of course is in on it and they uh, they move different messages to different spaces in different places at different times to move votes that's what they do that's it's it's very It's very interesting. And, of course, we're now being regaled with the stories about the information op that was run in 2020. And that was the Hunter Biden's laptop is only Russian disinformation and the whole of government approach to selling that false narrative. And then you take into consideration what happened in 2017 after Trump took office. And all these people, remember now, remember this, Greg? They're all resistors. All, remember, they had Twitter. Um, uh, they had Twitter, uh, what do you call those? Uh, Handles. Right. I mean, and they'd be for EPA and they'd be for the DOJ and they'd be for all of these different resistor organizations. I work in this department and I am a resistor. Remember the hashtags resist resistance. And this was all done within, you know, people say, oh, come on, there's no deep state. Well, these people were the amplification of the deep state. So they had these these uh, Twitter uh, deals and they um, told us what they were doing. And indeed, they told us in 2017 what their game plan was going to be moving forward. And it was lawfare, which is what you're saying. This all these All these lawsuits against Trump, they planned all these, obviously. I I know you know that. But, no, they literally wrote this down in a battle plan against Trump. And I can remember reading the story, I did a story about it when I worked for IJR. And I've referred back to that, uh, the uh, organizational chart that they put out, But David Brock's group, which is all funded by George Soros money. And... They crew the, the, you know, all the, the 65 project that sort of came out later, but the 65 project goes after all of the attorneys who filed the 65 lawsuits on behalf of Donald Trump after the 2020 election saying, hey, there's some skullduggery going on here. And indeed, you'll know, if you go back and look at a lot of these lawsuits, a lot of them were dismissed without hearing any facts. They just said, "No, nope, we're not doing this. Not. Even the Supreme Court decisions, anybody who tells you that this, you know, tomfoolery during the 2020 election was litigated, they're wrong. They were just tossed out of court. They were not litigated. There was no evidence pre- presented. And except in a few, I think there's Arizona and Georgia that's ar- that are ongoing. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, pretty
4: wild. Text from the 206. This person believes Trump will be president in 2025. And then what comes next? DeSantis in 29 and 33. Well, that's obviously uh, what the governor from Florida wants to see happen himself. Mm -hmm. And you know that by how quick he endorsed Trump this time around. There Mm -hmm. was some speculation that, you know, are DeSantis voters, Nikki Haley voters or Trump voters if he gets out? Um, But I I think things look dire in terms of the Haley campaign with how quickly Tim Scott, who's from Nikki Haley, South Carolina, endorsed Trump, and now DeSantis rallying behind Trump.
2: Yeah, what happens if she doesn't win her own state, which is likely to happen? I mean that's not a good it, look either. It's New Hampshire possible. is not going to redeem that for her, right? You don't
4: think that'll create some Haley momentum if she can keep it close there, or maybe pull out the upset victory. And uh,
2: then where do we go? Super Tuesday is that the next one, or what's well, what's the schedule? I, I
4: just know South Carolina is still like three or four weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, so I'm not sure what comes right after New Hampshire. Well,
2: to... we just have to time it by where all the judges put Trump's lawsuits yeah, in hearings, and he's got definitely got one the day before, day after Super Tuesday. So uh, but I, I, I don't have it off the top of my head of who's doing what when. But she she's going to have to do a hell of a lot more she's doing. OK, she's going to have to do a lot more than that. She might actually need some Republicans on her side. I mean, besides the Lincoln Project people, I mean, and Bill Kristol, I mean, she's going to need more.
4: We have a texture here who wants to uh, listen to more of your interview with Adam Baldwin right, in light go ahead. of the news that Alec Baldwin is charged again with involuntary manslaughter from a shooting on a movie set. I feel like there's been a lot of back and forth, legally speaking, in terms of this case over the past right. two years.
2: Yeah, he's been reindicted. Alec Baldwin has been re And two years ago on my podcast, the Adult in the Room podcast, I spoke with Adam Baldwin, who is an actor. Some people don't know who he is. And he's been around forever. He's a character actor and he was in Full Metal Jacket. And everybody knows that character from Full Metal Jacket, at least a lot of men do. And so he is well-respected and he is an out and proud conservative in Hollywood. So naturally he doesn't get a lot of a lot of work these days but so so there's that but he has operated in he's done westerns right he's done westerns throughout his days in Hollywood and he's operated the same gun that Alec Baldwin misused on the set of Rust and so definitely go back he is so crystalline clear in fact I listened to the questions I was asking and I was going oh I'm not going to have any of my questions in there I just I'm going on and on and on and I'm not letting the guy talk and he's the guy who's got all the good the goods. so
3: now whatever uh secondary violations of law that the armorer may have committed they pale in comparison to what alec actually did holding the weapon in his hand and dropping the hammer on the cartridge and sending that round down the barrel towards people he was pointing at it's his fault he was holding the weapon he didn't check it ahead of time. He didn't clear it and show it to the people he was pointing it at which is standard practice in movie and television business and it's outrageous that he tried to get away with it by pointing the finger at quote unquote someone else. Mm -hmm. It's someone else's fault. That's a bunch of crap.
2: That's a bunch of crap. Yeah, there's more where that came from. I'll tweet it out. Victoria Taft at Victoria Taft's my handle over on the Twitters, X, whatever we're calling it, X, Twitter X. Over at PJ Media, where I write, we're just, now we're just told to put Twitter X because it's really difficult to move away (laughs) from Twitter. Okay, when we come back, Saturday Night Live takes a shot at a local company. And while they're not terribly funny, it has hit home and... Wow. Alaska Airlines in the crosshairs. Back in a minute. Victoria Tafton for Brian Suits, AM770 KTTH. Makes me feel so calm. And yet, I have so many things to talk about. And this last segment of the Brian Suit Show, Victoria Taff filling in here today as he's on jury duty. I may see you tomorrow, though, too. Um, and so just hang on for that. Over the weekend, the Saturday night live uh, show that nobody watches anymore except some, some people. Apparently Greg
4: It was My wife and I check in Every so often We DVR it And we go Are the first two sketches Worth a darn They were painfully Unfunny this week But I did see someone Post a parody ad Featuring a local company That I thought Was rather scathing Scorching And kind of clever At the same time
1: Uh As you may have heard, an Alaska Airlines flight had to make an emergency landing after a cabin door broke off. Here at Alaska, safety is our number one concern. But
3: you gotta admit, <laughs> look
1: pretty cool. Plane flying around, no door. You know, everyone screaming, cell phones whipping out into the sky. It was awesome. That's why our new slogan is Alaska Airlines. You didn't die, and you got a cool story. On other airlines. <laughs>
2: Brutal. It gets worse.
1: You can watch movies, but on Alaska, you're in the movie. And if you think Alaska the state is cold, just wait till our plane's roof rips off.
3: Since the incident, we're starting to make some changes. You know those bolts that, like,
1: hold the plane together? We're going (laughs) to go ahead and tighten some of those. We've also made a few small (laughs) updates. That's one of the best lines.
2: <laughs> I'm laughing, not oh, believe me. I am not laughing at the experience of these people. When I found out a woman lost the shirt off her baby's back when she was just holding on desperately for that baby, I was just like
4: That's pretty harrowing.
2: I, I cannot even I cannot even countenance the story anymore. But Uh, There's more to the story, so, and there's more to this as well, so bear with us. To
1: our in-flight safety brochure. And for extra precaution, we'll now be taking off with the inflatable slide already deployed.
3: (laughs) When people ask me where the emergency exits are, I'm like, there, there, and in 10 minutes, (laughs) probably there. You know how Hawaiian
1: Airlines always gives out lays when you land? Well, we've got our own version.
3: Are we in Cleveland
1: close the Pacific Ocean and to make everyone feel safer We've hired Sully out of retirement. I don't know if I can do it again
3: (laughs) He's a lot older now
0: I was on that flight at the time I was terrified But now I'm the coolest person at the office Everyone stopping by
2: my cubicle all want to know about that little boy whose shirt got sucked out the play Uh There you go, and then they play something something
0: some airlines give you a little wing pin when you get off the plane, but Alaska gives you a commemorative photo
3: of your flight. This was $50. So fly Alaska.
4: Fly Alaska.
3: We're the same airline where a pilot tried to turn off the engine mid-flight while on mushrooms. Oh, geez. And now we're so proud to say that's our second worst flight. <laughs> Alaska Airlines, still better than spirit.
2: spirit cool that's just brutal that is really a tough one well it would be tough especially and of course that's can you imagine being alaska airlines is thinking today they're thinking oh thank god nobody watches that show right
4: (laughs) and their stock is almost up one percent today so really nobody watched that show
2: so I'm looking around for stuff to talk about this morning, and we've found bountiful amounts. And I see this interview, this 23-minute-long interview with a former Boeing manager turned sort of quasi-whistleblower. His name's Ed Pearson. And I will post this interview a little bit later, but you got to hear some of it. He he is... A, running a safety organization now and I think he... Uh, I don't know what other things and entanglements and etc. he has going but I do know this.
1: Uh, we did a report in September. Um, we looked at an analysis of um, all these reports and it just so happened that Alaska Airlines, which is actually the airline of my choice, has been my, f- my favorite airline. You know, it's had a boatload. I mean, large numbers of reports and... When you look at the hours and how many hours a plane is, you know, it's, it's, they're brand new planes. They should not be having those kinds of problems. And this information is, is not really available to the public. So the public is unaware of this. So it's, it's a very concerning situation. So, yeah.
2: Which, he talks about the fact that he went on a flight and uh, he walked off when he found out. He, he makes sure that he gives all of his, uh, reservations, a real good thorough going over. And then he walked on the plane and found out it was a max edition. And he's, he walked off. He will not fly him. And he says that some of the same problems exist with some of the 900 uh, versions as well. So I think it's 900. What do you, he, he, I think he says it here. Let's listen to a little bit more of what he has to say.
1: Hey, so... You got to ask yourself these all these planes are built and it's not like Alaska planes are built in a bundle and they all go out the door at the same time, right? I mean, you know, if you go in the factory, there's a Southwest plane, there's an American plane, there's a China Southern plane. Yeah. They're all mixed up, so you have a problem and it becomes, you know, it it it, it, it escalates. I know this is not, I mean, I've, I've, I know I could see in your face that um, it's, it's disconcerting, but, you know, these are fixable problems. They're absolutely fixable yeah. if you admit them, and that's the problem. They're not admitting them.
2: So that's the thing. So the other day when
1: the CEO, the Dave Calhoun of Boeing, he did kind of a safety webcast to people and he said that
2: safety is our top priority and also transparency is number one for us. Do you believe that's true?
1: I believe that they're, to individual employees at the Boeing Company, that they live that. I mean, I believe most employees really do believe that and live that, you know, it's it's really kind of disconcerting when you think that they make a big deal of the CEO coming and visiting the Renton factory, right? Like he's coming down to talk to us about safety. He should be, that should be routine. It should be normal. He should be there all the time. He should go from you know all the factories and spend time with people on the floor. The fact they're making a big deal of it, I mean, that should be a pretty good warning flag that there's a problem there. The CEO is out of touch. He's completely, has no really understanding. I see emails, we get emails, we have a podcast, we get constantly emails from employees that are frustrated. And again, I keep wanting to come back there's, these problems can are solvable
2: and he's a former Boeing manager and turned uh he's given congressional testimony and stuff like that so he's uh he knows where he speaks I think in general and uh he won't fly him he won't fly a max he won't fly uh any of those planes and now of course they grounded him the, the Alaska Airlines has grounded him and, and there are people who are you know flight attendants I happen to know flight attendants
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, she's freaked out about flying at them.
4: Well, they have not had and the best no PR over the past few years. Two of them crashed, yeah. right? Yeah, and now a, a door blew open on one. I'm sorry, a door plug failed. I
2: know a door plug. I have so- travel
4: plans coming up uh, that just had to be rescheduled because uh, it was going to be on a max. And Alaska emailed me and was like, "Mm -mm, your flight's not taking off anymore. We're Mm going to do our best to get you on a different flight. It totally screwed over our travel plans. But I'm like, well, I guess I'm glad they did that. Ultimately, I'd rather have uh, this minor headache of rescheduling my plans than flying on one of those planes right now. Although, look, there's probably I don't know how many they sold, but probably a lot to Alaska because local companies both, you Mm -hmm. know.
2: I don't know. I, I feel that this is a, you know. They're now based in Arlington, Virginia. They are, of course, a defense contractor, big, huge defense contractor, mm-hmm. and that's where the players are. You go over there to make sure your your nest is continued to be feathered. But this kind of situation, I mean, I mean, what are you sending out in the field? What what kinds of uh, fighter jets? Are, I mean, I don't even know which fighter jets Boeing makes or you know, parts for them or whoever they combine with. But the other thing that this Ed Pearson said was that these these planes, um, you know, they may be locally made, but they're just getting forced out quick, quick, quick. Period.
1: And they would come out and they would go to their, in my case, they would go to a squadron and then they would, they would that was the beginning of their training, we would say. Yeah. You know, you're really now gonna learn. And so we invested a lot in training of people. And right now I think our typical employees will come in and they get like eight weeks of training and then they're put on the line. And, you know, if everything's going well and they're, um, they're rested and the quality control is good and they have their parts and they have the support of supervision and they're not pressured, they do amazing work.
2: But if they are pushed and they are, they're, they're slamming, they are just making sure that they're getting stuff done, taking names, kicking butt, but unfortunately, woo, making memories for people, the kind of memories you don't want them to have. Well... All right. I may be back tomorrow. You just never know. We'll be talking about the issues. Uh, say a prayer for Brian today that he has a great time in jury duty. <laughs> I, I've i been on jury duty so many times. Oh. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I okay. think last I heard
4: he was going to put the system on trial, so we'll see how that goes. Excellent.
2: Excellent. All right. By the way, tune into my podcast. How about that? The adult in the room uh, podcast. Make sure that you uh, keep your head up, your heart out and strive to be the adult in the room. Okay. have a great day.